I'm Anna Maria Leone from Christy Weber Farm and Garden. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. I love the horns in the background, don't you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Three, two, and one. And here we are. Wait. There we go. Whoa. Now I can hear myself sort of. Whoa. Whoa. We've got a, a... We got a pile of uh, these uh, headphone boxes. There's actually a pile of stuff, electronic stuff here, Brandon. Wow. It's just like a big pile, and and you Mighty just house left it you there. you go you grab for something that's got a light on it, and you turn a dial and hope that you don't blow your ears out. And there you. Good morning, your, everybody. Good morning. Oh, the sun's shining again. Um, kind of for a little bit. Uh, and actually, that's something we're going to talk about today. Is uh, the rain that event that we've had over the last few days. I don't know if you've noticed, if you live in Chicago in the area, and it kind of depends where you are. This is like right here in Chicago. Uh, it's been dry. Now, I know that in other areas it hasn't been as dry, but we've had pretty dry weather, and DeMaio will tell us, Rick DeMaio, meteorologist extraordinaire, will be with us, and he will tell us about uh, the water uh, and the rain and the precipitation, and I don't believe we've had enough. I don't know mm-hmm. what the – that's one of the things I'm going to ask him. I don't know if he's listening right now, but uh, give me your rain totals, dude, uh, because if we're down – if you know, and, and as he said last week, if we hadn't had a significant rain since the beginning of August and we're in October and you get a half an inch of rain, that's not enough, folks. Nope. So uh, one of the things we're going to do to – remedy that and to help you is to bring in Tom Klitschke. Uh, he, I guess he's going to be here in the studio from Nature's Perspective Landscaping. Uh, they're uh, an Evanston company that designs, installs, maintains gardens, lawns, landscapes uh, in northern suburbs, north side of Chicago. And uh, I'm going to ask him what he's doing, what his folks are doing um, to keep Plants hydrated and basically um, in a couple of their website, their blog and a couple of other places. uh, There was a story in the trip that Tim Johnson at Chicago Botanic Garden wrote about. Basically, if you planted something last year or this year, it's a new planting. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, you can even go back to two years. I think Tim was saying two to three years. Two to three. Yeah. And Tim said two to three years. Um, um, Nature's Perspective said at least the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But. Assume that if you planted something in the last three years, it's a new planting, and it's still growing, and it's still adapting. And if it dries out like this, uh, hey, look who's on Facebook. Chris Van Cleve, the redneck Rosarian from Alabama. Back to you, Chris. Hey, Chris, can I just say without getting specific, you live in a crazy state, okay? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. He's down in Alabama. But, uh, hey, Chris, while we got you on Facebook Live there. And see, now everybody's jumping in because they want to hear us talking to Chris Van Cleve, the redneck Rosarian. I don't know. we got smiles and clowns and, and, and flowers. And, and, and... <laughs> hey, there goes Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, no! Hey, there there go the Russians. Hey, there they go. Um, I want to have you on the show and talk about uh, getting roses prepared for winter. I think we need to do that. So uh, write to us and let us know about that. So what was I saying? So I was saying that uh, uh, you you need to pay attention. To the water, and what I wrote on the blog, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to t- uh, Tom about that. Is 
basically people get this time of year and they stop caring about their mm-hmm. garden. We're, we're done. Yeah, it's, it's September. It's cold we're outside. done. Okay, don't eat it. So we'll talk about that. But to start, we're going to get uh, Carol Yetkin on the phone. Uh, and I keep, uh, I'm having nightmares that I'm misspelling her name every time I see Two it. Two E's in it. Uh, yes. Uh, president of CYLA Design <laughs> Associates, uh, Inc., out of Oak Park. And she's the woman who's doing the uh, landscaping at the Baha'i Temple. I'm sorry. I saw CYLA, and all I can think of is, well, just take out the L. And it's a really <laughs> great, uh, <laughs> it's a really great name. Uh, but she's going to be here and talk about what it's like to to be the landscaper for the Baha'i Temple. Oh my God! You got to see the photo I put on. That was uh, an incredible. Isn't photo. that an amazing photo from outer space? That was uh, taken from Mars, and you can see the Baha'i Temple from Mars. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> Next to Elvis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you're wondering where you can see that, you have to go to MikeNovak.net and check out the blog. Yeah, see that uh, photo, all you folks watching on. Oh, and Chris says, let's do it. Okay. Cool. So, Chris, we're going to set something up real soon, uh, get you back on the show, um, and uh, and talk roses. Uh, and maybe we'll even do that a little bit uh, with... Uh, with Carol when she comes in. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. If you want to participate, and we hope you do, 847-475-1590. Join us. Talking Baha'i and gardening and landscaping next. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash greenexpo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we're very pleased and even honored to bring Carol Yetkin uh, to the show on the phone line. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Uh, Carol is the president of CYLA Design Associates, uh, has something to do with your name, uh, I figure, um, a, a, a lead-accredited <laughs> landscape architecture firm, and you do uh, stuff all over the area, and one of the things. Well, let, let's for, before we get to the Baha'i Temple, because we I plugged that. What other stuff do you work on? We we tend to have a fairly broad practice. We work on public parks uh, planning. Um, we recently did in Austin Gardens in Oak Park the mm-hmm. Environmental Education Center and garden area around that. Uh, we also do a fair amount of landscape preservation work. 
um, meaning we work on historical sites, um, uh, which the Baha'i Temple has that aspect to it as well. And um, we also work on um, private uh, and uh, private jobs, commercial jobs, and uh, museums. Also Millennium Park, you, you do some work down there. We were on the uh, design team for Millennium Park uh, for its creation in the around the turn of this century. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> they only missed <laughs> they only missed it by like four years, but other than that, uh, everything went according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know because uh, do you know Roy Diblick? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's a friend of mine, and uh, I've been out to Northwind Perennial Farm and. He grew about, you know, I don't know, 20,000 of the plants that were put into Millennial Millennium. I keep saying Millennial Park. I did that. Out, I actually have a talk that I, I was at a, doing a garden talk recently, and, and I had a, a PowerPoint presentation up. And I had, obviously, I was in a hurry, and I typed in Millennial Park, and some people came up to me after the talk, and they said, um, just want to let you know, it's not Millennial Park, it's Millennium Park. Um, oh, okay. Because it was not built by millennials; they were, they, they were still in their strollers at the time. Indeed. Uh, but uh, Roy, so I got to go out there when they were doing the the original installation for the Lurie Garden, um, which was really cool. And I took some photos and you know laying the plants out and stuff. And that's that's a lot of what you do. It's 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 take an idea and draw it out on a on a piece of paper. I know it's a lot more complicated than that, but in essence, it it, it goes back to the days of pen and pencil uh, and then just uh, get the, your folks to lay it out or lay it out yourself and uh, hope that it all works. Is it that simple? Um, well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, it's more likely on a computer screen these days mm-hmm. than it is pen and pencil, yeah. although we often start that way at the very beginning. Um, one of the things we really like about our work is we really love working with plants. Um, we love the planning and the design aspect of it, but it's the plant materials themselves that really make um, a garden or a landscape design come to life. So we really love that part of it. Well, let's get to uh, the Baha'i Temple. And one of the reasons we're, we're, we're talking about this is because next week, uh, the Chicago Architecture Foundation is doing a, an annual event, um, and it is uh, what they call Open House Chicago, a public festival on the 14th and 15th of October that uh, gives people access to uh, behind the scenes in more than 200 buildings across Chicago. It's a free event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you ever wanted to wander into a building because you admire the architecture or you might admire something about it, it might very well be on this list, and you can do that. Um, how, how associated are you with the Chicago Architecture Foundation? Well, of course, being in the Chicago area for a long time, um, certainly know the organization and have participated in some of their tours and activities over the years, um, and we're very pleased to be part of uh, this year's open house activity um, at the Baha'i Temple in Garden. And, and of course, uh, with the Baha'i Temple, there's more than just the inside. There's more than looking at the building or going inside. There's also the gardens because that, in essence, is part mm-hmm. of the structure, isn't it, Carol? Yes, it is. It is. Um, the conception of the structure is um, very important uh, within the Baha'i faith, the central dome, and the nine doors, of course, are part of that sense of unity and sort of expanding out to all directions in the world. But an important um, um, intersection of that is actually the garden component was actually a required part of the design. So uh, we do have gardens all around, nine gardens um, plus um, around the house of worship. And. Those gardens are quite a variety, though, of plantings. I had noticed, you know, roses and spring and some, and you've got native plantings and another. How has that changed over the years? The uh, the gardens were originally designed in the 1950s mm-hmm. uh, when the um, house of worship was actually completed. The construction was completed. Right. And, and and I got to stop you there for a second because uh, looking over the information about, I didn't realize this. They started the construction in 1912. Yeah. 1912. 
and right. it finished in 1950 something, like one, uh, three, I think, or two, or yeah. It was dedicated, I believe, in '53. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a long time to put up a, a building. You don't do that that way anymore. So the, the the very first gardens, even though the the construction began in 1912. As you mentioned, the very first gardens are in the 50s. So it's almost, not quite, but almost contemporary. Almost. It's contemporary to some of us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of yeah, about the, yeah. Okay, that's a, yeah, you're right. Uh, absolutely. Um, the, the garden was um, actually designed by a landscape architect who was also a civil engineer, um, which was very critical to this site. Um, he was from uh, the Kentucky area, from Louisville, Kentucky area, um, and he was kind of at the at the um, eve of his career. So he was extremely well versed in all of the things that you learn after a long career in this in this industry in this profession. Um, so you mentioned the diversity of plant materials. He had been familiar with the site already. Um, mm-hmm. His name was Hilbert Dahl. Um, he had already been familiar with the site, and so um, he won actually a design competition um, for the design of the gardens. And he created what is essentially a rather formal layout. If you see the gardens from above, it looks kind of like a tapestry or even a Persian carpet. Has you know, it has sort of that feel to it. Uh, but within each garden, although there. There is a sort of pattern of how the trees and the shrubs um, are laid out. Um, there, each of the nine gardens um, has a completely different plant palette. Mm. Um, so, hence the diversity in the gardens within the unity of the overall design. So, w- with that in mind, uh, when you took over, and you took over in the '90s, uh, and your your business had basically just gotten started. How does uh, a, a young landscaper score a gig like uh, Baha'i Temple that quickly? See, uh, well, I, I was not quite so young uh, when I started my business in 1990. I started my business in 1993. We started doing work at the House of Worship Gardens um, about five years after that, about mm-hmm. 97, 98. And we started out kind of simply doing an inventory of what was there. Um, and my, my firm only does design. We don't do construction. Um, so we served as kind of an advisor uh, at the beginning um, of the project. Um, the, the Baha'is have a wonderful archive, and uh, we had all of the original drawings from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So we could compare we could compare this inventory with the original design, and realize that over the years there was quite a divergence from the original palette and even the original um, layout of the plant. Mm. And so once we realized that, uh, we then embarked on what we actually consider as a restoration plan of the original garden. And the original garden is primarily within the circle walk. So tell me, how, let's get a, a little perspective on what changes in 50 years, uh, or actually, in your case, 40 years, when you came in. And you said and apparently the mission, <laughs> it feels like the mission had drifted a little bit, and, and it, it didn't really adhere to the original design of the gardens. What was in there in the 1950s that is still there, and what was there that has changed? Well, um, that is a really good question. With the hundreds of plants that we have in the gardens, <laughs> uh-huh. um, we have only a few plants that are actually left from the original. Interestingly enough, we had, um, until very recently, um, each garden has a set of four ornamental trees. And until very recently, until a storm this summer, we still had original hawthorns. Uh, they're downy hawthorns, mm-hmm. um, the native hawthorns. Um, it's Crataegus mollus for the gardeners out there. Um, we had four, uh, we had three of those left. A fourth one we had lost last year, and now we have lost um, a second one. So we have two left of the original plants. 
um, we have several shrubs, a number of shrubs that are left from the 50s that continue to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, the hedge that is encircling the circle walk is dwarf nine bark, and that is about 70% of that is the original hedge. Um, as you all may recall, we did a major uh, rehabilitation of the gardens um, um, over the past 10 or so years. And uh, so during that construction, uh, we did have to remove some of the hedge. We kept it in a holding area, and we actually brought it back. Hmm. Um, so hmm. that is original. Many of the largest trees in the lawn areas on the site are from the original plantings in the 1950s. And in fact, we have found out recently through some photographic evidence, uh, there is a lovely craggy old oak in the parkway um, to the south side on Linden. Um, and that tree was actually already a noticeable tree in 1912 when the cornerstone for the House of Worship was laid. Wow. So that one is no doubt an, uh, a native naturally occurring tree. Uh, that is Carol Yetkin, uh, who is with CYLA Design Associates. They're the folks who keep the Baha'i Temple Gardens looking lovely. Uh, and, you know, as I, I we spoke the other day, and, and I said, you've got these nine gardens, and the Baha'i orders you to have nine gardens. So it's kind of job security, isn't it? Well, the um, the task is really, um, and I should mention, it, it takes a team of people uh, to keep the gardens looking lovely. Um, the gardens in their conception, as well as the house of worship, are really offered by the Baha'is for the people of the community mm -hmm. uh, to come and visit. Um, the conception of the gardens is that they are a place of, of peace and meditation, and so keeping them lovely um, in every day of the year, if we can, <laughs> mm -hmm. is our objective. Um, and I should mention that the team is really made up of also of our landscape contractors who are Rossboro Partners. And they have, uh, they, they're new to the site this year, and um, they are doing a fantastic job. And we continue um, as a team to strive uh, to make the gardens um, as beautiful as possible, both with the plant materials and with the maintenance techniques. You know, you, you should probably be with us tomorrow when we'll be talking to Benjamin Vogt, who is the author uh, of a book called A New Garden Ethic. Uh, and we could get into the whole idea of uh, what is a garden. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he goes right to the core of it. Um, and, you know, are we serving nature? Are we serving ourselves? What exactly is the function of a garden? And if you're not planting natives, does a garden even have a purpose? Um, and this is all heavy philosophical stuff that I'm sure you deal with from time to time. Uh, but I just mentioned it because we're having him on tomorrow, and I thought, wow, let's throw these two people in a room and, and, and see what happens here. Uh, but in, in the garden at the Baha'i Temples, um, and we've only got a couple of minutes here. One of the things you've done, uh, even though it's uh, kind of a formal garden in that it's laid out in the areas, is the spacing is mm -hmm. very formal. Within that, you're allowed some flexibility, aren't you? Yes. And we, um, we also, if you visited the gardens 15, 20, 20 years ago and, and earlier than that, you would have seen a very tightly clipped garden. They were shearing all the shrubs. And, in fact, what they were doing is they were sharing a lot of the character of the plant materials away. Um, so one of the things that we started about 15 years ago um, with, with my encouragement is we started to hand prune all of the plant materials, mm -hmm. including the evergreens. Mm -hmm. um, and the purpose of that is twofold. One is it allows the individual plant and the characteristics of that original plant to really contribute to the whole ensemble, the bloom, the, the fruit, the fall color, instead of just shearing, instead of just cutting everything off. Yeah. Um, you're really allowing that to come out. Um, and then also you have to sort of shape the plants um, as they live with one another. 
So that is kind of another philosophy of the Baha'i faith that we're sort of extending to the garden. But it also creates a very, it creates a much healthier environment. Uh, within the Circle Walk, we are definitely botanic. We have plants from other parts of the, the world um, yeah. that have been brought mm-hmm. together. Outside, in the newer areas where we didn't necessarily have a historical plan to be cognizant of, we have switched to much more native. Okay, well that's uh, Carol Yetkin. You can get more information about uh, Open House Chicago on my website. Thank you so much for being on the show. You have a great Saturday. Bye-bye. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Hey, Ron Cowgill. Yes, Mike Novak. How would you like to drive the safest, quickest, and most capable sports utility vehicle in history? Legally? Of course legally. In fact, you would own it. Legally? Stop saying that. I'm talking about the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X. You mean the one that comes standard, all-wheel drive, seating for up to seven adults, and up to 295 miles of range on a single charge? Yes. The one that can accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds? Yes. How did you know that? I'm reading the script. Oh, well, then you probably know that only 2,500 tickets will be sold. They're 100 bucks each. You can purchase as many as you like, and the drawing is December 7th. Do I have to be present to win? Nope. Do I have to live in Illinois? Nope, just the lower 48 states. Is this the part where we read the disclaimer stuff really, really fast? Nah, this is where we tell people to get details at IllinoisSolar.org. You're good. Yeah. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. Well, you know, we're getting towards the end of the growing season. Just when uh, folks start talking about Halloween. And thank you. Need a little of that pick me up. Getting a little too loungy. Yeah, uh, that usually happens around June fifteenth. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But the latest issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine has an interesting story that has something in common with October thirty first. It's about growing a plant that's called a voodoo lily. Ooh. And I bet our, our our guest is nodding. He knows. He knows what a voodoo lily is. Uh, and it's related to the so called corpse plants that you might mm-hmm. have heard about at the Chicago Botanic Garden and elsewhere, which means that if you grow it correctly, you're going to raise a big stink. And I didn't even come up with that line. It's already in uh, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. And speaking of stinky, however, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. That guy, if you're watching on Facebook Live, and you should be, Amos just joined us there. Thank you. Hey, Amos. Uh, Tom Klitschke, and do I, am I pronouncing that yes. correctly? Yes. Uh, who is the co-owner, co-founder of Nature's Perspective Landscaping. You did that uh, with your wife, right? Yes. Yes, we did. We, uh, for, we formed our company in 1979. Uh, you, so you've been doing this a while. Yeah. Haven't you? You might. Do you love what you do? Yes. Well, then yes. there you go. And I'm not going to say that that tired old chestnut <laughs> that you'll never work a day in your life. No, you can love what you do and and work your butt off, basically. Yeah, calloused hands. He's holding mm-hmm. them up to the to the screen there. Tom, thank you so much for for coming here. And uh, you guys are based in Evanston, but you work north North Shore and Chicago in that area. Yes, about ten miles radius from Evanston. Um. 
fabulous. And uh, it is a uh, dry period. So this is one of the things you have to deal with. You've seen these before. You've been in the business a long time. I've seen these before. A gardener who's actually paying attention. And, and I wrote on, uh, on, on my blog last night uh, that at this time of year, your average homeowner basically stops paying attention to watering their yard. Regardless yep. of how long it's been since, because they say, "Well, it's September. I don't have to water anymore." That uh, that yep. that part of the season's over. How? Yep. Why are they wrong about that? <laughs> Usually, after Labor Day, their focus is elsewhere, and it's back back to school for kids, college, whatever they're going to do, and they're not thinking. All the big events in their yard are over. Yeah. So they've kind of gone off, and it's uh, you have to keep reminding them that they need to water. But I think it's it's it stems from a. Uh, misunderstanding of how plants work. Yeah. Well, for okay, let me just say, they don't know how plants work. Right. And you would think they do because uh, one of the things I wrote is that, uh, you know, why do plants need water? Well, they just do. Plants and other living things are inconvenient They're that way. They're, you know, okay. we need water, but so do plants. So so typically what happens, uh, late August, there's a changeover in the weather, mm-hmm. and we go towards cooler, cooler nights. And... The temperature isn't there, and, and people don't think they need to water anymore, and it's not true. Your plants in pots, they're going to wilt just as well. Yeah, well, you know, and, and maybe they, you should look at your plants in your pots as an indicator. That's your first of, place to look. Yeah, of what's going on in the rest of your yard. So what are the plants, what, what kind of stress are you seeing uh, right now? Well, on the major trees, you're seeing early fall color, and that's the result of stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily cool temperatures you're seeing fall colors early this year because of that. Because uh, our meteorologist, uh, Rick DeMaio, who's going to be on after you, mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago was thinking, oh, this is going to be a great, spectacular yeah. fall color season. Now, not so much because we had this long period of drought and it's mm-hmm. forcing some of these trees into color early, which means that it won't be as consistent right. later on. Right. So they're giving up the color, showing their true colors. <laughs> and Wait. All right. We'll give you a ding there. All right. All right. So that's what's happening. They, they're uh, uncovering, unmasking those chlorophyll um, there, and now you're seeing the anthocyanins and the other things that make colors actually happen mm-hmm. later in the year as things break down. They, they just say, well, heck, if I'm not going to get any water, I might as well just give up and lose my leaves. Why, why keep losing moisture? Just lose my leaves instead. Mm-hmm. And that probably makes people even less likely to water. Well, right. the trees have dropped their hey, leaves. It's, so. it's early. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Right. So how much water should we be giving our right. trees and shrubs? So we always talk about um, an inch of water a week during the growing season. Growing season is defined by uh, frost to frost. And for this coming up period, we always think of uh, reminding people, especially on new plantings, that's where we're dealing with most people, is that um, even if you have a sprinkler system, it's not going to be adequate. You have to Go out there and uh, run the hoses around a bit, at least until, we always talk about going till Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, you can roll up the hose and put I, it away. I love that. I love what you say because I've done that for years. Yeah. I've told people, I say, if, it, if on Thanksgiving it's still warm and it's still dry, put the turkey in the oven, go out with a drip hose, yep. okay? Entertain yourself. It's a way to get away from your relatives. <laughs> go out and play in the yard, and they'll say, yes. well, what are you doing? It's, it's, it's out of water. It's, you know, it's end of November, and you're, you'll say, yeah, I got to water. And those evergreens, that, in addition to the deciduous plants, you've got evergreens, and they really need that moisture to store. Let's talk about that for a second, because evergreens, yeah, they, they especially um, are susceptible to droughts, uh, and why is that? Well, um, if the ground is frozen in the wintertime, they can't get the water. So they have to have it within their system, uh, even though the roots don't go dormant at any uh, plant. No, that's, that's I mean, that's plant. a good point for, for folks to know about trees and, 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 and some shrubs, mm-hmm. that there's, there's, there's activity going on there. All, all the time, winter, all below ground, yeah. there's always activity, always respiration happening, burning those sugars that they've saved to go through the winter. And, yes, you need to replenish that. Uh, some effects are that uh, people think about putting on anti-desiccants on plants, especially evergreens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not been really shown that it really does work, and you ask everybody about it. And Myth-busting. Well, 
Let's give well, him a. Yeah, all right. I, I love I love the bus myths on the show. That's well, great. So the we, we still do it though. It's, it's a problem is that we can't take. We have a nursery not too far from right we're yeah, here in this yeah. building, and uh, we end up putting on our balance of our evergreens that we do not sell over the winter because we do keep them on hand. Uh, we do that. We so why do, why can you do it and the average homeowner shouldn't? Because they should water, because they don't they, have as they, many Well, plants. they're going to water, but putting the antidesiccants on, it's a little hard to put the spray on because you have to use a pressure, pressure sprayer to put it on. Yeah, unless it's a very small plant, you could use a, a sprayer, a small hand right. sprayer. Except it usually just comes in a little spray bottle yeah. and people spray the but, leaves twice. And but, it also then breaks off about midwinter because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a plastic material. And the evergreens... The, 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 the desiccant the antidesiccant is, yeah, is that it, way. It will fall off, it eventually yeah, it break off the plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea is to get them through the hard times when yes. they don't have the water. But right. if you prepare your evergreen for the winter by getting it good and hydrated uh, early on, you mm-hmm. won't have that issue, will you? Right. That's correct. Uh, and I saw, I went to your, your website, and I was looking at your blog. And <laughs> some some poor boxwoods that really took a hit, and yeah. that, that's one of the plants. But the ones, you know, it's the arborvitae. Everybody wants to grow an arborvitae fence. I don't know why. I actually do... I, I make fun of that and 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 when I when I talk to groups sometimes because I, I look at these folks and I say, mm-hmm. Don't you like your neighbors anymore? Why <laughs> does everybody want a fence between and, and they always want to grow a living fence? Right. And then they put this monoculture in, which is arborvitae, right. and then they don't water it properly, or they do, but you know, the the one here dies yeah. all of a sudden and now you've got the gap. A gap to fill mm-hmm. back in again. Yeah, exactly. With a little three foot and I'm sure that people, and I'm betting that people ask you all the time, how can I put up an arborvitae fence? Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, all the time. But it's uh, you got to choose the right ones and have it enough sunlight for it. A lot of times these things are inexpensive, and so it's like the inexpensive wall that you can buy mm-hmm. and put in, but it's not in the right site. So sun, well, sun, you need sun for that. But again, right you got too much sun, you're going to get too, uh, too close to the lake, you're going to end up with a winter, well, and, winter burn from mm-hmm. the... The drought. And and too close to the sidewalk, you're going to get salt burn yep. because they're not paying attention in the winter. Right. And they're shoveling the salt. When they shovel the snow, they shovel it right at the base of the plant. Right. And then they wonder why it's dead in the spring. Yeah. And they can't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so my solution is I try not to use salt at all. I mean, I, I, you know, on the very worst day of the year, I might throw something down. And then I try to use something that's... Uh, uh, potassium chloride uh, or or calcium chloride or something with that in it. Uh, does that help? Do you use those things? Yes, it does. So uh, there's a, a plenty of other salt substitutes you can use. Ice melt is one of those. Mm-hmm. And years ago, people used to use cinders and sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some areas of the country, uh, they they said, no, we are, have too, too much deterioration on our cars and our structures, our bridges. No, we're just going to use sand. Oh, you can't. Uh, Pacific Northwest is one of those states, Washington State. Yeah. I used to be out there in the winter, and it was all sand. And sometimes it would freeze over, and then you'd have a glazed ice on top of the sand. Yep. But they, those cars look great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't have rust on them. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're, sli- you know, you're sliding along I-5. But other than that, yeah. they look great. So I had a question going back to the fall hmm? and planting and perennials and shrubs. Sure. In a year like this where it's been really dry, how late can we put those in and have them probably survive? Uh, you can continue to plant until the ground is frozen. And, and we would mulch, of course, mm-hmm. is how we uh, mm-hmm. modify that. And keep the mulch keeps the soil warmer until it finally does freeze. I think that's a little secret of the trade that most homeowners don't know about is that yeah, you can't put in a perennial late, but you can put in a tree or shrub in very late. I've gotten away with that. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times where I've slammed something in on the last. I tomorrow it's going to be you it's know going to freeze. It's going to yep. be fourteen degrees yep. today. It's forty five, and I went okay. Today's the day. I got to get it in, and mm-hmm. it survives. But you're yep. still watering it in well. But you have yep. to water it in well and hope it's hydrated when you put it in. Yep. You know that's the other thing. Big trees uh, by commercial landscaping. Firms, uh, they do winter pruning, winter uh, transplanting, and they'll move those trees even in the middle of the winter. Yeah. So. you. Uh, we're going to have Rick DeMaio a second. I want you to yep. stick around when uh, Rick is on the show here because uh, you can uh, contribute to that. Um, but he's. I'm going to ask him how much rain we've had and looking around. Yeah, and you're shaking no. your head, and that's what I'm doing. The last two days, you know, it even, rained, right? even looking at Tom Skilling, it's like, Tom, 
You're telling you're telling me we're going to get yeah. three three inches of rain. And I look in the rain, and gauge, I don't believe nope. you because I'm looking at this, and, uh, and, and you say it's going to be spotty, and that's the problem. Friday and Saturday, we've got two tenths of an inch of rain max. Yeah, here that's not enough. So we haven't even dented. No, not that way. It's a week that drought thing that we're trying to get. So if you got your trees and shrubs now. Go out and water today, even if it's in the rain. I don't care. We're not getting yep. that much and rain. And measure how much you're putting down yep. as opposed to wave the hose at And I don't usually say that because I yell at people who like, have their, their timers on and the sprinklers going at noon every day yep. during the summer I, t- or in the rain. Well, we need it here because I don't think we're going to get enough rain. Okay, that's uh, Tom Klitsky from Nature's Perspective Landscaping. Rick DeMaio with uh, Weather is next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Ever wonder what you would feel like if you didn't hurt? If you were free of tension in your body, here's your chance to talk to Dr. Bonnie Flaster and licensed massage therapist Kamosha Murphy at the River North Wellness Center Open House Thursday, October 12th from 2 to 6 p.m. for mini massage, chiropractic, and acupressure demonstrations. And until November 22nd, mention the Mike Novak Show for a discount on full treatment sessions. Go to rivernorthwellness.com or stop by on October 12th and get back to feeling good. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I was blinded by the devil, born and already ruined. Stone cold dead as I stepped out of the womb. By his grace I have been touched, by his word I have been healed. By his hand I've been delivered, by his spirit I've been sealed, I've been saved. Ah, yeah. Okay, Mr. Bobby D. <laughs> All right, you've been saved. The rest of us, maybe not so much. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki uh, in the studio. Before we get to uh, Rick DeMaio, we have Tom Klitsky from Nature's Perspective Landscaping. Give us a, a website so folks uh, who are listening can take advantage of that. It's naturesperspective.com. Uh, and uh, it turns out you and I uh, have a couple of connections here. You said uh, you know Carol Yetkin, who was on yes. earlier in the mm-hmm. show. I mean, you're in the same area. It's, yep. it's like the same city, basically. And you said you were the groundskeeper at Baha'i. Right. Wow. Yep. How long ago was that? Uh, 79 to Oh, my goodness. 84. That was yep. like, oh, that was 15 years before she got involved. Right. I did know her then, too, as well. Oh, okay. She, See, and it's a small, it's a small industry, and... and and uh, Tom was telling me that he was a member of MILA, the, the organization I founded, the Midwest Ecological Landscape Alliance, which is having uh, its uh, uh, conference a week from Tuesday. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow when we have Benjamin Vote on the show. And also uh, Jeff Swano will be here from no, Dig Right no, In. You I know, know Jeff. Yeah. See, everybody, they, everybody knows each, everybody yeah. in this yeah. industry. So that because it is kind of small, isn't it? It is. Landscaping industry. There's especially, only so much you can yeah. do. If you, if especially if you're going on a little bit different bent, you, you're going to find those people. Yeah, 
and 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 Tom was whooping me upside the head a little bit for uh, being kind yeah. of a strident in my early days of Mila, but <laughs> that's okay because I still am. I haven't yeah. changed. I, in fact, I've gotten more strident. I get stay, I, stay I, true to yourself. That's I get crankier as I get older. Okay, I'll ask Rick about that. He's on the line. All right, Rick DeMaio, <laughs> meteorologist. Good morning. How are you, dude? I'm I'm doing fine, Mike. Good morning to you and Peg and uh, all your guests out there who had a little bit of rain yesterday and maybe a little bit of sun as well. Yeah, well, we're talking about that uh, today. And uh, uh, Tom, uh, who's in the studio with us, uh, and he and I both agree, not enough, not even close. No, no, no. That may change later on this evening. We have a night storm system kind of coming through. It looks like it's going to probably give us half inch to maybe three quarters of an inch of rain and uh, the good news is not it's not going to be heavy, so this stuff is going to be the nice kind of soaking rain. It'll come in waves, um, but still, even when you look at the pattern between now and probably the next, I'd say maybe five days, um, it's going to take maybe three or four more of these storms to get us even close to normal. Exactly, and that's the point we were uh, talking about uh Tom uh, is with Nature's Perspective Landscaping, and we've been talking about the folks who have been waiting since the beginning of mm-hmm. August for rain for their, their plants. And if you put in a tree or shrub this in the last three years, basically, if you put it in in the last three years, it's new. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it needs help, and it needs water, and it's not getting it right now. And especially as we go into winter, if you don't water now, if you don't get that plant hydrated, it's going to suffer, and it's not going to make it. It's not going to make it through the winter, and we don't know what kind of winter we're going to have. Sometimes we have it warm and wet, and sometimes we have it cold and dry. And if it's cold and dry, those plants that have already gotten a bad start in August through September, and you're nodding about this time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we need more, Rick. So (laughs) Send it it away, please. Get out and do a rain dance, Rick. Now, now, Mike and Peg, what about people um, who harvest medical marijuana? Is is that something that needs a lot of water unless you head into the – uh, non-growing season? Uh, I, I, I would Im- imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, all right. marijuana is a plant. It's, you know, or not, that, not, that I, not that I know of anybody who does <laughs> that stuff, but. Well, yeah, if, if I, I were. I did, I probably forgot by now, but that's okay. Exactly. Yeah, 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 Thank yeah. you. All right. Give me a ding there. Uh, <laughs> so what, what about this hurricane? Not oh, God. Here. Hurricane Nate all of a sudden uh, developed last night, Peg. Um, winds right now running about 75 miles per hour expected to race northward, uh, impacts pretty much everywhere east of New Orleans. Uh, and even though the center may get close to New Orleans, this is one of those hurricanes that's kind of what we call lopsided. Uh, it's asymmetric, which means mm-hmm. about 90% of the winds are basically on the eastern side mm-hmm. of the storm. So even though this may actually produce Category 1 winds from about, say, Mobile over to the uh, past Christiane area, mainly a Mississippi-type event, uh, three to six inches of rain, that's all it's going to produce. It's moving about 20 to 22 miles an hour. So this is a fast-moving storm that's probably just going to be more like almost like a tropical storm once it reaches land. But it's interesting because as this has been developing, it's slowed down mm-hmm. uh, the system mm-hmm. that was expected to move through uh, kind of early this morning. So, again, we're seeing the impact of hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic affect that weather here in the Midwest. Uh, so and and you've talked about that on the show this year, and it's been fascinating to watch that mm-hmm. that the hurricanes uh, on the East Coast and out in the Atlantic have been blocking patterns that are coming right. into the Midwest, which mm-hmm. in part has led to our our drought here, but it has also led to warm temperatures. How is this going to? What's this going to block for us? Well, what what it's going to do, Mike? It's going to take the storm system that's kind of moving through and kind of weaken it, uh, and it's going to amplify the trough out across the western United States. So. Uh, the front range of the Rocky Mountains today, downslope winds, temperatures 75 to 80 degrees tomorrow, temperatures in the mid-70s. And then there's a winter storm watch in the effects of the Denver area uh, and all of the front range for anywhere between four and as much as six inches of snow. Wow. So they'll wow. go from a very dry pattern to a very snowy pattern in about 12 hours. So what it does is it amplifies the cold out west, keeps them in kind of the snow and wet and kind of keeps us dry. And what I think we were talking about this last week. What appeared to be a beginning of a cool spell for us has now kind of been modified somewhat. We're actually going back into some of a mild pattern between well, now uh, and probably the next six to ten days. And with that, uh, below normal rainfall as well. That's not good. Uh, everything's chased north. What, what was that? Uh, I think everything gets said, chased no, 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 north. Oh, I was talking to Tom here. He was saying everything got chased north. North. Yeah. 
Yes. The rainfall that's happened has mainly been by Madison and, and yeah. north. We were we were looking at the loop you sent us this morning, Rick. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah, all that, heading north. Right, yeah. Most of the most of the it was kind of interesting because most of the rainfall yesterday went from about like Peoria over to Kankakee and into the Indianapolis area. So a couple of days ago it looked like we were headed for about one to two inches of rain. Mm-hmm. That ended up getting pushed down to the south of us. And then whatever came through yesterday basically went from Madison north to Milwaukee. Um, and if you look at the drought area, um, the areas that are in the highest level of drought um, in southeast Wisconsin, Walworth County, Racine, Kenosha, northern sections of Lake and McHenry County, those were the same areas that basically had the highest amount of rainfall from June 1st to July 18th. Yeah, and I was, I, was actually up, yeah, I was actually up in southern areas of Wisconsin yesterday, and there's still areas in some of the cornfields that were ruined by the flood that mm-hmm. never came back. And that's kind of scary when you have a flood in early June that basically ruins your crops for the entire year. Yeah, I remember driving through parts of Kenosha County that were just underwater for the longest time after there was no rain. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 and it kind of begs the question, are those areas then susceptible to, you know, more floods in the future? I think that, uh, that remains to be seen, but we definitely saw what, what happens when you get a lot of rain in a short amount of time. At the wrong time of the year, it can basically ruin your crop. Uh, Tom's got his rain gauge out uh, on his app. I mean, it's amazing. It's on the app, and you've got point point one five inch. So uh, in the last wow. twenty four hours, and this is your rain gauge here. No, where's this for the whole? This is a, an app you can buy. You not buy. You can get it free. All right, you, you're going to show this to me after the, the show. The Morning Farm Report app. Is that what it's called, yep. the Morning yes. Farm Report? Because yes, I, w- I wanted to know how much rain had actually come down. So, uh, Seems pre- All right, give us a, a real short uh, forecast there, Rick. Got it. So mid-70s today, rain between about 3 o'clock and about midnight. Uh, sunny near 80 tomorrow. And then mid-70s for Columbus Day, maybe some cooler weather by the middle of the week. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. All right, Thanks. and uh, I want to thank Tom Klitschke, thank who's you. still in the studio again. Uh, nature's perspective, landscaping, and uh, water. Please water your plants, water your trees and shrubs. Also, want to thank Carol Yetkin uh, from CYLA Design Associates. Brandon, thank you so much, dude. Until tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.